From the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce, I'm Jeremy Henderson, and this is Chattanooga Works. Everybody remembers their first job. I mean their real first job. Maybe you had chores as a kid, maybe you had an allowance, or maybe you earned some extra cash by mowing your neighbor's lawn. But there's just something different about the first time you get a real paycheck with your name on it. I learned a lot at my first job as a proud member of the Chick-fil-A family. Lessons that still apply to my career today. Lessons like, you can solve almost any problem with a smile and good customer service. If you drop the ball or a chicken breast, you cannot just wash it off and go on as if nothing happened. You're more likely to get your coworkers to help you later if you cover for them while they're out back smoking. The customer is usually right, but not always. And finally, if you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean. Sadly, I did not continue my illustrious career in the food service industry. My life took a different path. But looking back now, years later, I think there's a lot of advice I could give my younger self. And that is the incredibly convoluted setup for today's format, a format we're calling How I Made It. Today, I'll be joined by an established business professional with an illustrious career who has made it. And rather than my usual co-host, Chamber President and CEO, Christy Gillenwater, I'm joined by a guest host, a young professional, so early in her career path, who will be interviewing our guest. And for today, my guest host is Amy Donahue, Director of Marketing and Communication at River City Company. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Happy to have you. Um, and you are also a graduate of the YPC Protégé Chattanooga program, correct? I am. I am. Okay. And Protégé Chattanooga is a nine-month team-based mentorship program designed for young professionals early in their career. Um, what was your experience like going through that? So I was really attracted to the idea of Protégé because I wanted to again, similar to the format of the show, to talk to people who I aspired to be professionally. Um, but I was really curious in getting answers to the tough questions, right? So you can learn a lot about someone, of course, um, by uh, their bio or, uh, you know, making that phone call or, and saying, you know, hey, can I take you out to lunch or a cup of coffee and pick your brain? And and most folks are, are in Chattanooga are, are very um, wonderful about accommodating those things and helping folks that are earlier in their career, which I completely appreciate. Um, but I really wanted to dive in and say, how did you do this? What shouldn't I do? Um, what are some things that you did wrong that you would tell me, don't do this? Um, so I was really curious in getting the hard questions answered. Um, and I found that that people were very, very candid. I also found that that folks were uh, very humble, which in a lot of ways, I, I wanted to, to, you know, sit back and say, you've accomplished all of these things. It's awesome. Like, be more proud of them. Um, but I, again, it was just wonderful to sit down with folks who are kind of on the other end of the career path and just have them say, you know, this is what I did. It worked for me. Here's some good stuff to do. Here are some pitfalls to avoid. Um, and here would be my suggestions on, you know, trying to have a successful career. And so would you say then you 
got a lot out of going through that program? I did. I, I think really Protege offers a couple of different things. So the first, of course, is the opportunity to really sit down and have these candid conversations. This isn't a normal situation that you'll find in, you know, in the professional world, even if you're, you know, you might be in meetings with folks and, and be able to kind of maybe pick their brain slightly. But, but to sit down and say, you know, you had this amazing career and you had three children, how in the world did you make that work? Like you're not probably going to ask somebody that when you're, you know, at the three minutes you get to talk to somebody before a business meeting. Um, but in these, we really got to sit down and, and ask. So, so I found that information super helpful. Um, also, really, what the great thing about Protege too is the classmates that you're in there with. So it's not only just about the mentors; it's also about really building your networks. We all get into our own little industry silos and work with the people we work with. So being able to really get to know other folks who are in different areas was also a really great opportunity. So I think that was probably the the two biggest pieces that I got to take away from Protege. Awesome. Uh, so why don't you tell me a little bit about how you ended up at uh, River City Company? So I, I jokingly refer to myself as a recovering academic uh, because that was sort of my original, um, what I thought my career path was going to be uh, post-college. Um, I taught at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and at the University of South Carolina, Aiken, and then also taught at, at UTC here in Chattanooga uh, as well. And um, what I loved about that career path was the teaching part. Um, I loved working with students and, and really helping them grasp the concepts um, and then you know, in more um, tactical classes, really looking at sort of building skill sets. And I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, but what I didn't particularly enjoy is sort of the... Um, the, the short time frame that I got with these students. Um, you know, a semester's not that long when you really think about it. Um, and so I, I felt like I was just beginning to work with students and then it was on to the next round. And so that was uh, in some ways disheartening um, and something that I felt like this is not exactly what I wanted to do. And so um, what I did was probably a lot of the story you hear from folks who moved to Chattanooga. Um, we, my husband and I, were really looking for a great city. We wanted a really high quality of life. We wanted opportunities and things to do and, and, and to network and see. And we're both outdoor folks as well. So it was a huge opportunity. So we moved to Chattanooga. Um, my husband is a mechanical engineer, so we do completely separate things, which is great for our marriage. Um, and uh, he got a, got a job here, and, and I said, you know what, I am just going to meet with whoever will meet with me and be gracious of their time um, and really just put myself out there. And, and luckily, I got introduced to my now boss and CEO, Kim White, at River City. Um, and there was, a, there was a need at River City at the time for someone to come in and really look at um, communication strategies and tactics and pieces um, that just at the time weren't getting done for a variety of reasons. And so it was just a great opportunity that came from putting myself out there. And um, I've been there since 2012. And, um, you know, it's it's been a great ride so far. Great. River City is a Chattanooga institution. Uh, speaking of Chattanooga institutions, we have a pretty incredible guest today. And I'm going to step back and let you sort of take over and uh, 
interview our guest. Well, thanks, Jeremy. So yes, we do. We have um, an awesome professional who is uh, so gracious with his time today to uh, kind of share again how he made it. So I'd like to introduce Roy Vaughn, who's the Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee. Hey, Roy. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Well, thank you so much for for spending some time with us. And uh, we're going to dive deep here in just a minute on some really specific questions and and again, to learn how you made it. But I wanted to start off by um, giving you the opportunity to, to tell folks just a little bit about yourself. So what are, what are the things that sort of make Roy, Roy? Proud Chattanooga native. And um, I, will, I grew up here and lived in Nashville for a long time, but always had my eye on coming back home in some way. And so over the years, as Chattanooga changed, um, I would turn to my wife, Laura, and say, you know, maybe one day, you know, and so the opportunity presented itself about 10 years ago. I love what I do. I love the company I get to work with, the people I get to work with. I love our mission. And so um, I think I have the best job in our company most days. And that's that's a nice place to be. It is a nice place to be. Absolutely. So we're going to we're going to start maybe at what we think is the beginning and work up until now. So I, I think like Jeremy was talking about his days at Chick-fil-A. Um, what, Roy, what was your first job? Uh, first job, first jobs were pretty ugly, probably, you know, road patching crews and, you know, cleaning out ditches for the city of Chattanooga in the summers. <laughs> but, but in terms of a first job, first professional job, um, it was, I, I, let's see, I graduated in a recession. So jobs in public relations, in, in the agency field in particular, were just not that plentiful. Uh, and so I took a sales job. And, um, you know, it was not something I enjoyed terribly uh, all of the time. Uh, there were parts of it that I, that I enjoyed, uh, but parts that really um, it just didn't fit. But I kept at it for a while, and um, eventually... Uh, got the opportunity to switch to another position. But before I leave that first one, I would just say I I sold chemicals into hospitals, often sanitation, hand washing, right? And so part of that was uh, in-service training for professional staffs. So uh, this would be a hand washing in-service, let's say at uh, 3 a.m. So (laughs) really decidedly glamorous, you know, kind of work. But uh, nothing's ever wasted in, in a career, in, in an experience. And so the takeaway was how do you really try to make something that might be mundane um, more interesting, and how do you try to keep people's attention? And so um, I did learn a lot about presenting, about connecting with people, uh, potentially people who didn't want to be there necessarily. Uh, and so it, it really proved to be a, a foundation for going forward. And I really took away a lot of skills out of that one job that wasn't necessarily a great fit in the, be- in the beginning. And now you're a really great hand washer, right? I, always. <laughs> never, I can never, never pass a sink, right? There never. you go. There you go. Right. A great skill to pass on to your children, I'm sure, all, all of the, the good pieces. So you, you talked, obviously, about the sales job that morphed in um, to more of a position that was the goal and the things that you wanted. Um, but really, how do you feel like, where do you feel like, what job, what time do you feel like you really started your career? I'll give a shout out to my oldest brother, who was at one point the public information officer 
for the Chattanooga Police Department. He was a, he, he became deputy chief at one point. He was um, he was SWAT team commander for some time. But in that public information officer role, I, I saw him um, interact uh, with the public a great deal. Also had a um, an experience at Brainerd High uh, when we when I attended there. And it was about the perceptions I think uh, the community had of our high school and our students at the time. And, and I think uh, you know, one of the ways that we tried to address that was we started an exchange program with another high school just to begin to uh, establish some connections and maybe change some perceptions about uh, the school. So uh, I think those were foundational in terms of understanding uh, the power of communications, the importance of it. Uh, how it can affect uh, people's paths. And so um, I would say, you know, my, observing my brother's uh, work, also <clears throat> that experience early on led me to believe that uh, there may be something there. And I always enjoyed, I always enjoyed writing. Um, and so uh, that certainly is the, the base element for what we do, right? Just the ability to communicate. Um, but I think I would say that led me to think uh, maybe public relations, maybe communications is the way to go. Absolutely. So what do you feel or, or what would you say, again, was sort of that that first first big break or first, you know, big job that you look back and say, that's that's where the, the professional um, career really got started? Um, I would say the, the job I left for, sale, for the sales job uh, was actually with Blood Assurance, here in Grady Lane um, was kind enough to give me an opportunity, um, and it was a it was a quasi public relations role. Uh, it did it was uh, really attempting to to reach college students and high school students about donating blood, uh, and then from there went to an agency position in Nashville, which at the time was a boomtown then as well. And so it was, uh, but that first agency job. Uh, it was the largest agency uh, PR firm uh, in the Southeast, uh, Nissan Motor Manufacturing Corporation, um, HCA's clients. There were some stellar clients, and so the ability to work on meaningful uh, projects, uh, establish those relationships, really begin to understand how it worked. I enjoyed the agency business because it it allowed for a variety of work every day. Uh, so there was never a boring day. Um, I would admit to being uh, uh, having some perfectionism. I think I'm, I've, been, I've, I've been working on rounding off those corners for for a long time. But how that manifested itself in the early agency job is um, is just um, you want to write very well. There were a lot of young people in uh, in the agency, so there would be a few of us who would be in the office at about five a.m. every day, um, working on the next draft because it was the quiet part of the day, right? So, uh, so uh, a lot of us were there doing that, and and uh, and it really. It was foundational in terms of just knowing that you really had to put the work in, the extra work in to try to, uh, to try to, I don't know, just to try to uh, be as effective as you you, you want to be. The people expect you to be too. So Blue Cross Blue Shield, what was 
how did how did you end up on the hill right that's that's what we all like to to say um about the campus is is you know that they work up on the hill so how, how'd you get up there what was the process so i um i actually have a longer history with blue cross than um than just working there directly so uh in uh, in nashville i was a partner in my own public relations firm and um had been for 11 years um and um, Blue Cross, of those 11 years, Blue Cross had been a client for 10 years. So I was a contractor uh, for Blue Cross. And, I, I, um, and over that time, always liked, trusted, respected the people I got to work with. Uh, I really believe in the mission of the company. It's important. Um, I think it's important for, for any role, for anyone who's working to know how and why decisions are made and that they're being made the right way and for the right reasons. Uh, but I think particularly so for people in the communications field, uh, if we're going to be the ones representing the company, we want to know. Uh, and we want to We want to feel good about that. We want to understand how that works. So um, had an unusual opportunity presented. Just one conversation led to another. And um, and so there was an opportunity to join the company directly. Even though I was a partner in my own firm, we were fortunate enough to have great legal advice on the way in. And uh, I was able to uh, leave my own firm. We separated easily because we had great legal advice and, and, uh, and then joined the company 10 years ago. And uh, I will tell you, I, uh, I've loved it. I've absolutely loved it. It's a big change moving from... Uh, agency to corporate, but the perspective I've tried to keep is that it's um, it really is client service. You really are the the clients may be different; they may be internally, but um, it's the same principles apply. Yeah. So if someone is listening to the podcast and they say, "What does a chief communications officer do?" How would you describe that? Number one is looking out for. Uh, the reputation of the company, uh, number one. So, so, what does that look like? I mean, there, there are times when I've described it as um, maybe something akin to a barometer. You're always trying to uh, assess what's going on in the outside world and and, and what's going on internally, and how uh, we as a company are responding to those uh, those external forces. Uh, so, certainly keeping an eye out to what's happening around us in the market. Uh, but chief communications officer, it's everything from internal communications. We have a really strong uh, culture within our company. We pay a lot of attention to it. Anything, uh, anything that we do starts inside, right, we, with our own folks. Uh, and so inside out. So it's internal communications. It could be public affairs. It's certainly uh, brand uh, advertising, brand strategy, social media, uh, market research, um, also our foundation. So that's really aligning what we do and what we say. Uh, and so that's that's how we approach it. We t- try to take a global perspective. But it's part of it is asking the right questions, right? So um, trying to help people see all sides of a all sides of an issue, perhaps. Uh, have, we, have we thought about this? Have we thought about this? From a member perspective, uh, have we thought about this? So it's, uh, it's really taking care of 
the relationships that the company has. And I really think that's part of our job, a big part of it. Absolutely. Hence public relations, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the title that we all use. So, Roy, if somebody was to come to you and say, how do I become successful in my career? What advice would you give? Be curious. Be Try to understand the world around you because it, it really is about translating what's going on in the world, making it relevant for those people who are important to your own organization within your own organization. I think that's that's certainly part of it. The other thing I would say, and this would be advice to anyone, anyone in any profession, and that is um, pay attention to and work on your ability to communicate. Um, and what I mean by that, and I'll just, and, and, and look, I'll, I'll freely admit I'm biased, okay, but, 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 I believe that to be an effective leader, you have to be able to communicate effectively. And if you really want to set yourself apart in whatever field it is, the ability to communicate gives you that opportunity to share your ideas, to show what you can do. And if you can communicate effectively, whether you're an actuary, (laughs) whether you're a communications professional, whether you're a clinician, whatever it is, that really is what sets most people apart. And so just pay attention to the how you communicate. Um, and, and by that, I mean uh, making sure that you're intentional in all of your communications and that you're really thoughtful about it. Not, not to say that people aren't. I'm just saying it's just uh, it's, it's always good advice. So it might be don't hit send. Um, it may, it may be, it may be, Hey, if you're upset, um, pick it back up tomorrow morning, maybe edit one or two more times, uh, be it, you know, be, be, be intentional. Um, because we, gosh does, we've all done that, right? We've all re- reacted to something and said, I wish I'd said that a different way. Um, so that, but I think that's advice that could apply to whatever field you're in. So most professionals, right, whether it's college or train, technical training in schools, we all come into the workforce with uh, the idea of that we have some level of preparedness. Uh, but we all know that there is so much more that is learned on the job mm-hmm. uh, versus maybe in a classroom. So were there any lessons that you had to learn on the job? How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> A few more minutes, a, <laughs> a few, few more. more. Good, good. Now, um, gosh, you know, you, you said you were recovering uh, academic, right? So um, I'm, I'm not sure I have a lot I can add because I, I, there is just, there's just no real substitute for real deadlines and real pressure, right? So I think, um, I think part of it is just getting accustomed to the pace of the environment and the organization you're in. Um, and listen, I think change, I would say this, the ability to respond to change um, is more important now than, than ever, right? And so um, I would just say awareness of what's going on around you. Again, I, I really think that's a, a huge part of it. I, but I do think deadlines are important. Uh, your ability to meet those early on. Uh, your ability to communicate if you can't meet them, if you need more resources, you know, all of those things. Uh, I think those are always learned lessons, only only when you develop a callus, or right. So, uh, and sometimes those are the hard lessons, but they're the ones that you remember and 
And often it deals with just letting people know where you are. So over the the years of working in the communication and PR field, there's been a lot of change. So what are, what have you seen or what do you feel have been the biggest changes in the course of your career? I would say social media certainly is, is, is probably the single greatest change because it, it, it took what we do from essentially using third parties um, to communicating directly with those people who are most important to your organization. Uh, and it, it, it does change the conversation. The other thing I would say is that um, for a long period of time, you might have to survey to, to discover what um, you know, a stakeholder for an organization is thinking. Guess what? You can find out in real time right now. And those conversations were ones that you might have thought were happening, assumed were happening, maybe after the fact confirmed that were happening, but now you can see it and now you can respond to it. So I, I think certainly that is um, perhaps the largest change. And I think um, it is a, it's a significant shift in how we think about um, what we do and, and also the speed at which it, it takes place, right? So as, we, as we've adapted uh, to the environment too, we, we focus a lot more about um, stories of those people that we interact with as a company. Uh, it's not just selling the Blue Cross perspective. It's about understanding them, their needs, how we interact with them. And if we can demonstrate value um, in that relationship, then that's what we focus on. That's really what we try to do. We try to have those conversations uh, directly. So we, we, we tend to look at it not as a, we look at it as a conversation. Um, and uh, we put a lot of time into that, uh, not only into the conversations, but about how, how can we better help people understand what we do? By the way, healthcare and healthcare coverage uh, isn't always easy. And it, uh, so anything that we can do to, to be the easiest to understand and the easiest to do business with, that's what we're pursuing. So uh, it's a great way to have a conversation. So part of a position in public relations and communications, and obviously if you're in a role like chief communications officer, um, there's a lot of responsibility, especially in times of crisis. I think that's one of the pieces of um, our jobs that folks uh, look at to say when when something goes bad, um, you know, the, the obviously you're you're going to lean quite heavily on your public relations team. So we're not going to ask you to name names, but we I, I think I'm curious, and our listeners are probably also very curious of when you've dealt with a time of crisis. Kind of, can you? Explain the process for that, or, or again, kind of use some examples in general of of when you find yourself in a time of crisis from a business perspective. Kind of this is this is how it should be handled, and this is how things can kind of get back to normal. I'll actually give you a specific example. Uh, we, as an organization, dealt with a crisis in two thousand nine. It was a hard drive theft when we were actually um, moving uh, to our new facilities. And it was uh, it was very difficult, um, and um, we focused on one, you know, getting as much information as possible uh, first, um, 
and and two, making sure that we responded in a way that um, hopefully would restore trust in in us as a, a company. So so what does that look like? I mean, one, uh, making sure that you recognize the problem and, and you say you're sorry for what occurred, right? And then and then more importantly, or, or or as important, I should say is demonstrating that we're taking action to, to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And I think that's the real basis for, for crisis response, and that is that um, often you're not necessarily judged on the crisis itself because there can be a number of uh, variables that, that cause the crisis. Certainly some are catastrophic and some are a failure of the organization, and those are viewed in a different light. But how most people look at crises um, is that they say, is that, is that an adequate response? Is that what I would have done? Is that, is that appropriate? Are they taking the right actions? Are they taking care of the people uh, who are affected? Those are the questions that they want to have answered and that should be answered. Uh, you have that responsibility uh, and so I, I think you always have to you always have to process that through what's the right thing to do, uh, and if you do that and you do it effectively, then uh, you can get through that period of difficulty, and and maybe even emerge from the other side uh, in a stronger position. I will tell you that uh, while it was a really painful uh, experience for us, just in terms of. Uh, uh, how we had to rebuild the database, and it took a long time, and uh, and it took a, a lot of communications, and frankly, uh, a lot of trust from our members and our customers, and and we we expressed appreciation um, for that early and often. But at the end of that, um, we were actually held up as an example of if you want to know how to handle this, uh, take a look at how they they did it. And I will tell you that um, again. It, <laughs> It took it took uh, it took a lot uh, to get through it, but I I would just say you know really what people want to know is are you are you going to make it right? Are you going to make sure it doesn't happen again? Uh, and so it's it, it and the other the other part I would say is there is no substitute. You know we've all seen the um, no apology apology, <laughs> right? Uh, it really has to be uh, authentic from the standpoint of you have to mean what you say and you have to back it up with action. So what work-related accomplishments are you the most proud of? I am most proud of the team that we have assembled right now. It is the most talented group I've ever worked with anywhere, anytime. And I don't, I don't mind saying that. In fact, I take great pride in saying that. It is a, it is a joy to work with the people I work with. And, uh, and from that standpoint, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure how it gets better. I'd be hard-pressed to say one thing uh, other than um, I love getting through it. I, I get to do so. So other than your team, which sounds awesome to be a part of, um, what excites you about your job? Uh, it is ever-changing. I think we have uh, every day is different. Um, so that's always uh, challenging and fun. I, I really do believe in what we do. And so what we, what we do is we help people avoid uh, financial harm. Through, through medical bills uh, that they would have to pay otherwise. And so uh, that's really significant. And you, if, you, if you haven't needed that, uh, then you, you, you may not understand that. But when you, when you know people who, who have needed it, who, who, 
who've understood what that has meant to them, uh, that's really significant. I think, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is that we um, we have a culture of of service, and I think our industry often is painted in negative terms. If you spent time in our customer service center, you would find uh, that we have people who do everything possible to get our members the care that they need. Uh, and uh, overcoming obstacles uh, to do so. Um, you know, we have, uh, we have nurse care managers who help uh, members with um, chronic uh, conditions, maybe severe uh, conditions, let's say um, oncology treatment, extended oncology treatment. We assign someone to that family, and often they become like a member of the family, and, and their job is to help that family deal with it. So we do a lot of those things that may or may not uh, be seen always, but uh, it's just part of it's just part of what we do. So I, th- that part of it uh, I enjoy because I think we, we're doing good out there. So to, to wrap up our conversation, I think, you know, I want to end with, um, again, we are really discussing today how you, Roy Vaughn, made it, made it to the position that you're in now um, as Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee. So is there anything else that you think that maybe we didn't cover or we missed about the journey, about the process? If somebody said, how do I make it? Is there anything else? I would just say um, I would encourage you to find what you love to do um, because um, by the nature of yet by the nature of that you get you're going to work to get better at what you're doing and so I, so I, there's no substitute for that passion uh, and if you really are uh, fortunate and you really have found your calling uh, then I would say you really don't have to worry about your career path that much uh, from the standpoint of you're going to put the work in. You'll do what you need uh, to, to be successful and, and you will get recognized. I mean, you, that's, that's part of that, that passion. So um, I would, I will, I will tell you, I didn't, I did not have a, a plan uh, to be, at Blue Cross when I started, that's for sure. I had had no idea where I would end up, but I've enjoyed every single part uh, of what I've done, and so even the sales job, right? Um, now, now I really enjoy it, right? It's in my it's in my rearview mirror, but um, but I but I've enjoyed every part of it, and uh, and so I think if you just if you embrace what you're doing, work really hard, you're passionate about, it'll take care of itself. Perfect. Well, I think that's a, a great way to wrap up that segment. Roy, thank you so much for spending your time with us and sharing with us your story of how you made it. Thanks, Amy. All right. So I'm going to turn it back over to Jeremy now to close us out. All right. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Roy, both for being here. Um, that was amazing. Lots of great stories. We will see you all next time on Chattanooga Works. Chattanooga Works is a production of the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce. It's hosted by me, Jeremy Henderson, and Christy Gillenwater. Production and music by Eric Lissica. Our executive producer is Sybil Topol, with editorial assistance from Amanda Ellis. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks.